I know. I there's no way I could go. I didn't get back from dinner till ten o'clock. <clears throat> oh, I definitely want to go back and read it because I was hoping to tag into part of it, but I was it was a lot going on. I couldn't even have the wherewithal to uh, pull it up and say hi. <clears throat> Okay, I gotta pay the bills, you know. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks. There's an such a hungry yearning burning inside of me. And the stone man won't be And a very gracious good afternoon, everybody. Welcome hello, to the hello, Man hello. Podcast. <laughs> How are you everybody? today, Pam? Yeah, it's uh, going. <laughs> it is a day. What can I tell you? I know. We're all ready to December 11th. I can't believe it. <sighs> I know. And I haven't done any Christmas shopping. Not, nor have I. Nor have I. I don't even have That's... a Christmas tree up yet. I have some of my decorations up. I don't have my tree yet. We're doing that this weekend, I hope. I didn't even pull the box up with the decorations yet. I have my lights outside. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's something. So that good is, to see. So good to see so, Betty and Kenzie and Lori online. Yeah. Hello, ladies. So how's how are you guys doing? What's the news around you? We had some fun on Saturday night. Yes, we absolutely did. Dirty Sex giving it, Saint. Yes, the Passion Flicks premiere on New York City on Saturday night that Pam and I and Noreen, for those of you who saw some of our pictures, um, it's uh, pretty spectacular stuff. And we were able and lucky enough to get um, to the premiere. And in part, I wanted to go to scout out what it's going to be like and share some of our uh, expectations uh, and experiences at the premiere so we can uh, all dream about what it's going to be like when the Gabriel's premiere happens. Betty says this year, everyone in her family is getting an IOU from her. I uh, think I'm in the same boat, but there's ways you can do it. So, um Kind of be very creative with your Christmas gifts. Kenzie says, (laughs) go ahead. uh, One of the things my family started, this was, oh God, about 20 years ago. We set a limit of $20, period. Mm -hmm. And you go to the dollar store and you have to be creative and find out, find things in that store that would mean something and mean about that person. I love it. And it, it, it can make it very funny. Mm-hmm. Everything from whoopee cushions to measuring cups to you, 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 just all kinds of things that you can get in there. So I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Makes it, it a lot easier too. Yes, it, yes it does. Uh, Kenzie was saying she thinks everyone is behind and sick 
this year. She doesn't hasn't even finished her Christmas cards because she doesn't want to touch them and get someone sick. Well, I I understand that, Kenzie. Um, I don't know if you have to worry about that per se because I think the germ transfer would be done before before it hits the hits the male um, the male uh, staff. But um, you just rest up and the cards will come when the cards will come. And if you don't get them out, that's okay, too. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Um, thank you, Lori and Betty, saying we all look so beautiful at the premiere. It's, you're making me blush, ladies. Yeah, and Lori um, was walking around with her phone <clears throat> um, doing a Facebook live chat. And then she was talking to Noreen and pulled me in, and I think we pulled you in, too. Yes. We, I said, hi, Susie. Hi, Betty. <laughs> and uh, so I don't know, Betty, if you heard that or not. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was fun. It was and fun. Kenzie, Kenzie said she saw us on the live feed, and we all looked dashing. <laughs> and uh, thank you. And I, Betty, liked, Betty liked the idea. We'll, we'll try. We'll we're, we just had such a blast. I, I can't even underscore another great uh, Passion Flicks experience. Um, so if, if you know uh, anyone who might benefit or enjoy that gift or just you know share the information with them, it really is an incredible organization. I have really gained a ton of respect for um, after both the Gabriel set visit and the, the premiere. They really did a nice job, um, and uh, the film itself is really fun. If you have read the books, it is really true to uh, book one of that series, and the actors were just spot on. It it really, I, I refreshed, I reread the book. I actually read half of it in the morning uh, of the premiere, just to keep it fresh in my mind, and I was astonished with how close yeah, I, to the book. I mean, I it did not really. Read the book. <clears throat> yeah, but it, it made me so excited because I, I thought, this is, they are, they are really sticking true to it, and it's very much like, um, we're we're in for a real treat with uh, Gabriel's Inferno. Most definitely. Most mm -hmm. definitely. <clears throat> and uh, I understand that uh, they are headed to Italy uh, after uh. Christmas. And I think after the new year, maybe I think mm -hmm. January or something. But yeah, so that'll be good. I know that they did not get the permit for the Uffizi, and they're going to be building that set, I guess, in Syracuse or whatever, wherever their sound stage is going to be. Mm -hmm. So, you know, can't have everything. That's right. And, uh, uh, but I, I we'll do a great job. I mentioned something to my friend Phil yesterday. I said, I don't think they're, they, they, they said the Uffizi turned their permit down. <laughs> well, you know, mm -hmm. you probably had to go in a long time before that. And everything in Italy, as long as you grease a palm, <laughs> 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 you'll, you'll get in. I said, I think they kind of went for the permit like in July, August. Mm -hmm. And they just got turned down. And he said, oh. <laughs> But. Yeah. Well, you have to see. It's, it's, um, you know, in terms of, uh, Kenzie said Lauren was recording people and heard someone 
talking on the live feed and immediately knew it was Noreen. Oh, God. At the premiere. I'm telling you, when you have the chance, when this, when the Gabriel's thing, the announcement comes out, sign up right away. Just sign up if you have the opportunity. I cannot underscore that enough. And because you can always, you can always, if it doesn't work out, you can always email Lauren and say, don't, I'm sorry, I can't come. Please release my spot for someone else. But you will not want to miss it. Um, Yes, Kenzie, there was an after party. um, But there was the red carpet itself. It was within a theater. So they had it set up inside the theater when you go up the ramp to where it was they had a staging area um they had the cast come out they had tosca come out um they had some interviews going on and then they also had opportunities for photo ops with the with the attendees with the cast with the crew um it was great that i wish i could i didn't see and it was taken by the photographer and it Mm -hmm. was a whole group of us and tosca Mm-hmm. On the red carpet, and I, I haven't seen that come out yet. Oh, I, yeah, I need to look and see. I've I've been really, um, I've been very very busy this week with work, and um, I'm actually in Philadelphia right now, not with Pam, but across town from where Pam is. I'm right downtown, um, podcasting live from the Independence Blue Cross office building, um, um, and the just the the number of photos that came out, I, you know, I think were great. I, I'm hoping to catch some. It was a real treat to meet Effie. Um, it was. We had a chance to connect with Effie, and that and was really, Chrissy really Mayer. lovely. And Chrissy Mayer, exactly. Or as crispy. Calls her crispy. Mm-hmm. It and comes uh, that's right. Um, and, uh, it, well, oh, we got I, a bunch of the actors. Um, we met Richard Brevard, right. who was Ethan from the movie. From Gabriel's and, Inferno. Yeah. Yes. And Havlin Stillwell. Professor yeah, I sat, next to, I sat next to Havlin and her wife um, during the screening. And she's just lovely and really, she really, um, really, really smart. We had some really good discussions. She really enjoyed the script. Um, and she, she just was really happy to be a part of the production. She's very excited about, about it. And I see Andrea's joined us. So hello. Thanks for coming today. Uh, Um, One of the things, and I forget whether it was Havlin or Richard said that anytime they, anybody had a, had a question about their character. mm -hmm. It was Havlin. It was Havlin. They they would uh, email SR and he would, he was so helpful for them, which is a great thing. Yeah, and, and Kenzie just asked, um, we sat with Nina as well. Yes, mm-hmm. actually, we saved Nina a seat. I was literally sitting, Nina was to my left, and Havilland was to my right. So, so yeah, she, uh, it was. She did not come back to the party, though. Her, uh, yeah. she was hanging out with her nephew in, in the city. And uh, if in case you didn't know, Nina's book came out yesterday. Um, yes, happy birth- birthday to Nina. Yeah. And it's available on Kindle and uh, paperback. 
and uh, her nephew actually put copies of that and on the corner of Love and Hate mm -hmm. in the Barnes and Noble in Union Square. <laughs> mm. Absolutely. <laughs> it cracks me up. That was, <laughs> I love it. No, I thought it was great. And I mean, Nina was so excited. She was excited about the premiere. She was excited to be able to stop in, see how everything was going. Um, you know, with her book coming out, it's just everything's happening at once. I, I just um, can't even imagine the amount of uh, activity going on with her um, right now and her and her work life, yet alone preparing for the holidays. Um, she has a book signing coming up in North on Northeast PA this weekend on Sunday. I'm hoping possibly to be able to go. I'm not sure in Wilkes-Barre. Um, so she was just great. It was good catching up. It was nice to meet Lauren, who was so helpful. Um, she's, she was delightful. An email. Thank you. Email. Yeah. It was great to meet, uh, I do too. And it was great to meet Allie, who's the director of PR for passion flicks. Um, and just the whole team and Tosca, as you know, is just so gracious and she was happy to see us. You know, she remembered that we were just up in Syracuse and just was, um, as elegant as possible. Yes. Just as elegant as always. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking of the Stevie Nicks song, Rhiannon. Mm -hmm. And that it reminded me, that outfit reminded me that something that she might have worn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was cheap. great. And the after party was really fun. It was a block away mm -hmm. and up upstairs. And uh, I'm forgetting the name of the restaurant bar now. Uh, Little D's. But Yes. Yes. And it was great. Uh, they actually had um, open bar and they had... Um, a lot of different hors d'oeuvres and of course and the yeah flatbreads and fresh fruit and some other little um sandwiches they had a bunch of things we we hardly got there we were on the other side of the room and we were too busy talking and socializing i know that's hard to believe ladies right um but it was really really well done the music was great um, the atmosphere was great, uh, and the cast did come. Um, people came. I mean, it wasn't and, just, uh, you know, obligation. Mingled. Yeah, they mingled we had. They spoke with everybody and had great conversations. Mm -hmm. And we, um, Noreen, uh, I think she talked to somebody. Dennis wasn't there. It might have been Michael. Right. Michael about, was there. Yes, she talked to about, Michael. About possibly uh, talking to <clears throat> Sylvia Day about um, her series. Crossfire series. Crossfire series. Um, Michael was the producer, is the producer on Gabriel's Inferno. He also produced this film. Um, a lot of people are saying this is their favorite passion flicks production to date. Um, I've heard that. They were very, very excited. Um, I talked to many of the actors. I talked to the actor who portrayed Clay. Um, I talked to the actor who portrayed his brother, Mason. And if you know the books, Lori, I know you've read them. They were really good. And I know you saw the film. Um, really great down to earth. Uh, the actor, um, David, uh, who David portrayed, a. David A. Gregory, who portrayed Clay, 
um, was there with his fiance. They were recently fianced, right? They just <laughs> and got engaged, yes. Just got engaged, and they were really, really lovely. And um, he was tremendous. We had a really good conversation. I just, I said, I really appreciated the work he did, um, and the approach. Um, you know, with some a character like that, sometimes it's easy to overact. And they just had the right balance, the right feel. The chemistry between the two they leads did. was great. Jordan was delightful. Um, I didn't get to talk to her, um, but she was at the premiere, and she just was really, really sweet. Um, and the actor who played Mason was really fun. Yeah. The other cool thing about the um, premiere was the fact that they had a panel afterwards that included the artist and the actors and Tusca. And the authors. Right, right. And so they really, and they had some questions uh, that were, you know, first brought up by the team, and then they opened it up to audience. So yeah, that was very cool. Yeah, it was really, really good. Um, Kenzie says, "I can't believe it's almost been three weeks since we were on set. I hope I can see everyone again soon. We hope so too. Are you going to share your photos?" Um, in terms of at some point yeah i I know i I have some and i think we can say we can share those right we don't have to only put it on yeah laurie says great casting i agree and i do hope they adapt the crossfire series too andrea said i just saw the title bear to you in the passion flicks page in the section books to movies correct me if i'm wrong oh my gosh it's possible. Um, that I, would be phenomenal. Noreen has a connection with Sylvia Day um, mm-hmm. and has mentioned, you know, because I, one of the big studios in California had the op, writes the option for, for her books, for those books. And mm-hmm. they she took it back because they'd had it for so long. And she... Um, she's talking quietly about getting them out there again. So that's why Noreen said something to Michael about possibly talking to them about the Sylvia Day. Now, I know that they did one of her books. Right, they um, did. After Shock, After, after Burn. Burn. Or yeah. After Burn, After Shock. Yeah. So, I mean, they already have had a relationship with her established. Hey, KK, it's so good to hey, see KK. you. <laughs> Yeah, so um, it, was, it was it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun, and uh, everybody was dressed up big time, mm-hmm. and uh, you know there were a lot of laughs and a lot of pictures, and it was nice to meet other people that you've talked to, you know, in the SR community as well as the Passion Flix community, right? That, you know, you never really see, sort of mm-hmm. like how we all got together for um, uh, the screening. Exactly. For the set visit. Well, and and another, you know, like just like with the set visit where we ended up connecting with a local person who is a fellow passionista, Mm -hmm. uh, we as well uh, connected with Donna, who lived on Staten Island. And she and Noreen had connected and we went with her. She, She was looking to see if anyone was going and we're like, yeah, come with us. And so we got to meet another friend. You know, it really, really is a great, very giving community. 
um, of fans. And um, I, I'm reading some of the comments. Karen came um, into the chat room, so it's good to see, really good to see Karen. Um, Lori was saying in terms of casting for the Crossfire series, casting for Gideon is another one that has to be spot on. Yeah, Absolutely. No pressure. It does. No pressure um, whatsoever. Yeah. Gosh, that's going to be a tough one. But so, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see it. So. And, and, you know, you can always give passion flicks as a gift. I mentioned that <laughs> to uh, my son's girlfriend because her mother reads, apparently reads the same books we do. Mm. Um, her mom's not too technically involved. Right. But, uh, you know, I just said, well, give her the subscription for like three months. And then if she likes it and she sees the books that she's read, it would be a lot of fun for her. So. I think so. That's a great gift idea. So, anyway, um, SR also mentions that uh, there are translations of uh, in the works for Gabriel's Promise, but nothing specific that he can, you know, say just yet but it's in the works um he says stay tuned of, stay tuned there's a lot of good fun stuff coming up uh there's word that he's writing but he can't say too much about it yet and uh, i'm he hearting that i'm excited that he's yeah. writing oh and my gosh. he mentioned that in last night's chat uh if any of you got to chat with him on the Stargazers uh, squad page on Facebook. So he's uh, very he, everybody's got like 101 questions about the Gabriel series or the movie and and that kind of stuff but yeah. So it's fun. I know and I mean I, I'm sad because I wasn't able to join last night but I'm actually looking to see um, if I can get the link, I think yeah, most of you know about the Stargazer Squad. Yes? Yeah, you're in Stargazer Squad. I know I'm in Stargazer Squad. Okay, I just didn't know if <clears throat> if there were others who um who haven't been there yet. But definitely, it's with Locklear Books. If you haven't, <clears throat> if you're not, um, please join. KK please missed join it last it. night too. They have a, they have a, I want to go a and lot look. of stuff going on. They have the 12 Days of Christmas going on right now, so that's a yeah. lot of fun. It's always fun. Andrea um, saw the ad about the 3, 6, and 12-month subscriptions for Passion Flicks. Has anyone bought um, one of these yet? I have not yet. I have not. Um, I'm, I'm really thinking it would be a great gift idea, though. So anybody else um, so far? Has anyone uh, purchased or gifted those? Uh, um, I have not yet. I wanted to do it to my sister, and I was mm -hmm. just feeling it out. And uh, considering my sister only reads David Balducci, uh, I, I'm not sure whether she really appreciated it or not, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But I, I do pass the word around. Uh, one of the other things that um, Noreen's been doing and I've been doing as well, on author pages that you may be connected to or any of the book groups that you're connected to. Um, if you can post out there, let them know about Passion Flicks and apply mm -hmm. a link. Um, that would be great. 
any promotion of Passion Flicks will help uh, get Rapture made faster and Redemption made. And the and from what I understand, Tusca is uh, in there. There's talking about the Florentine series and the possibility of um, optioning that. And that's from SR. So that would be very cool too. Well, I know we talked we talked it up when we were in Syracuse, that's for sure. We thought that yeah, would be such did. a great thing to bring to life on screen. And <clears throat> don't forget book four. That's right. Gabriel's Promise. Uh, you know, it would be 7th. wonderful to see that coming to the screen as well. And I, it's, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it. If you, uh, those of you who don't have the ARC... Um, when it comes out it's a fantastic read and uh, it takes takes place uh, from when the book ended to just before the Florentine series starts but Nicholas is in there so because <laughs> oh. we do have the crossovers <clears throat> I can't wait to see I can't wait to see Kenzie said last night he also mentioned researching European cuisine yes, jealous and he yes. saw, on, she, Karen said she saw on Twitter that he said their story may not be done. Very exciting. I hope uh, not. I, I, I want this to keep going. And Kenzie, yes, I'm, the... I'm uh, recovering from uh, a little upper respiratory fund. So mm. it, it might have to do with uh, running around the country for the past couple weeks, months, years. Um, but I'm on the mend, so yeah, that's good. yeah. I and I, I have much more of a voice than I thought I would. I really was concerned about the podcast today. Right. I didn't think I would. I didn't know yesterday. I could hardly talk. So much better. The whiskey I had last the night. The whiskey helps. helps. Yes, whiskey, whiskey helps. Whiskey helps. Honey. Truly. With a bit of lemon. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, uh, he did say he has started a file. For a possible sequence to the man in the mm. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. I would yeah. love that. Because Andrea said she felt weird last night. Everyone was asking about Gabriel's Inferno. She asked twice for the man in the black suit. Mm -hmm. And it was a really good chat. Yay, Andrea, representing Nicholas and Acacia. Love yep. that. So thankful. Um, I, I know. I would love to have another book. Well, we've talked about this. I just love these characters. And I think it would be fun you could just have, you could have tons and tons of episodes of Nicholas and Acacia. I think it'd be great. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It could be like a, a Jack Reacher story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Now Kenzie says she thinks he's writing something new. She believes from the hint he gave last night, and she really enjoyed Gabriel's promise. Don't say anything, ladies. Don't say anything. No Don't spoilers, say, no please. Spoilers. No spoilers. I still have not read it. I know, and I'm actually one of the few with an arc and. So blessed by that. I know, Lori, I'm sorry you didn't get one. Um, I'm so overwhelmed that we were able to get one, and that was the most great, yeah, the greatest early Christmas present ever. That um, was a surprise. That was a shocking surprise. I did not expect that. Hey, Annette, how are things down in the Big Easy? So jealous you're in New Orleans right now. Uh, but anyway, hopefully, sometime. Karen says, she, the book is awesome. She's looking forward to reading it again, rereading it in January. Mm -hmm. and, oh, and the <laughs> can, audio can, book is up. 
for oh, pre, great. For pre, pre for pre-order. Um, mm -hmm. I know on uh, uh, the Audible, mm -hmm. and, I, and I've already spent my credit on it, so I'm waiting for it. So oh, I can't wait. Yeah, sorry it's chilly down there in the Big Easy, Annette. It's cold here now, too. Yesterday was almost 60 degrees in Philadelphia. It was insane. Never. I made snow this morning. I made snow this morning. So, um, And Andrea says, by the way, thank you, Pam, for the Spotify playlist. I'm, you're more <laughs> Please, than for God's sake, don't say anything about Pam. I won't say anything. We won't. We and would never spoil SR's novels. Kenzie's never. right. And uh, there's that, the one that I posted <clears throat> last night on the chat that's the official for the book. And mm. I also have one out there for the podcast. So it's open if you want to listen to it as well. Yeah. Anyway, and speaking of, shall we turn our attention to chapter we 50? Should. We should. I think so. I think so. And this is a good one. They're all good, right? But this is a good one. Um, as you know, and Acacia and Nicholas are now together. Um, the book, the chapter opens with them in a bright sunroom. Acacia is sipping coffee on the couch. Nicholas across from her sitting in a chair. And his laptop was in a nearby table and there was a green box with two watches. And he pulled one out and explained to Acacia that after she had been kidnapped, that he realized tracking her would have made so much a, a much easier way to locate her if she would have had a tracking device. Um, and he had these watches made. Um, and that way, if they were separated, they would find each other, which I just thought was a lovely idea. You know, he says uh, romance is dead in the age of technology, right? Absolutely. Um, she didn't hesitate after everything she's been through. I don't blame her. She held out her arm as Nicholas fastened it to her wrist. He had not been sure she would accept it. I think he was nervous about that. And then he so put too. the men's watch on his wrist. I think here's part, here's for me part of the issue. I think the fact that he had one as well. It wasn't like, here, I'm giving this to you so I can protect you. I think it's so we can always be together. I, for me, I think that was a big selling point. Darn it, I should have asked Esther about that, and I didn't. Sorry, ladies. Well, I didn't think about that question. Yeah. Acacia told him that her perception of the world had changed, and as she touched, touched the Rolex, she said no one would ever know. Exactly, um, he said. And then he mentioned there's been some more developments. Nicholas said he was able to uncover the name of Yasmin's ex-boyfriend. His people had hacked his security system and accessed a live feed from his house, but he was also sure that their hackers had realized it and were working to get to his hackers. And as you know, this is the way it works with cyber, cyber theft and cyber crime. Thanks, Annette. Annette agreed with my assessment of that. Um, Acacia asked what that meant, and he told her that he knows that he actually knows he's been hacked. Nicholas has surveillance teams near the house. They're just waiting for the Russian to return. Once he arrives, his men will go in and disarm him as well as his men. And then the team will secure the art and Nicholas will then go in. <coughs> Akasi asked if she knew for a fact that he had the artwork. 
And Nicholas said, not without examining it in person, but he was able to see in the vault through the video, and he saw what appeared to be the Degas that was missing and stolen from him and his family. Um, some of the objects were hidden behind other objects, and he wasn't sure what all they had. Um, and Betty had mentioned, I bet Julia had placed a tracker on Gabriel's watch back in Rapture. <laughs> You're not kidding, Betty. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't have one on Paul. <laughs> I know. We should put a tracker on Paul. <laughs> We're on James portraying Paul, right? Yes, um, So they were, you know, Nicholas was worried, um, you know, because Akasi was interested and wanted to see everything. And he, he said that she should be resting. And then she insisted, I can do both. You know, I can take a look at the laptop. So he handed it to her and opened up the pictures. As she clicked through the photos, she was remembering Yasmin's description about the elephant tusks, the Fabergé eggs. And then she noticed a painting hanging around Akasi, hanging a... Um, that Acacia noticed, and she said, is that actually what I think it is? You know, was that the Matisse, the stolen Matisse from the Musée d'Art Modern, Modern? And they had been searching for that for a very, very long time. <laughs> Betty, yes, you should. Cough, cough. So I asked SR if the missing Matisse had been based on a real theft, and he said yes. You can read about the famous theft at the Musée d'Art Moderne, and he gave us a link. So I am actually putting the link on, uh, so you can you can read it as well, ladies. Um, Sr. always the always the teacher, always the ultimate oh, professor, massive, right? Massive researcher. I know, I know. I just love it. So it was indeed uh, actually a missing painting, and. Betty said, I bet poor Paul would be scared of me if he knew he was being tracked by me. <laughs> Betty, you are hilarious. So funny. Stop so Acacia... <laughs> it's all out of love, right? Absolutely. Not not in the scary, creepy way. In, in the fun way. Acacia asks... <laughs> Acacia asks if he's going to tell the BRB. And Nicholas tells her that if he's able to secure it, he'll hand over the painting to the Minister of the Interior, and that would not involve the BRB. When asked why not, he says that Yasmin's ex had paid off high-ranking law enforcement and that Serge Kuznetsov was untouchable. And Akasha also said, well, what about the Russian Interpol? And he had been in contact, and they have kept an eye on him, but they did not have specific evidence linking him to the crime. Mm-hmm. Yes, Kenzie, Professor SR. Absolutely. Truth. The forever researcher. <laughs> and some research is different than others. So, <laughs> especially women's lingerie. We digress. Um, yes, or, a good, or, a, or a great shoe. <laughs> I think, so I think you may have a... <laughs> okay. I, yeah, no, 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 go ahead. What did Nicholas go... Nicholas had not shared the photos since they had been obtained illegally through his own hacker. Mm -hmm. And they're looking at the photos of the house and the interiors 
where Nicholas could see armed guards and dogs patrolling the ground. And so Ocasio pulls up a picture and asks Nicholas what he's look she's looking at. And he tells she's looking at all these weapons. He's got like this big thing of uh, grenades and ammunition and bombs. So Nicholas is saying, well, he's probably dealing them, which would make sense. And uh, Alkazi asked if the Russian police care. Uh, and he, Nicholas didn't really know. Uh, he had uncovered evidence there had been, uh, some were being bribed, and the others were just kind of looking away. Uh, Kasia asked what he was going to do after the artwork and he's punished the collector and find his Bosnian team and go after them. Here we go again, ladies. Oh, yeah. Here we oh, go yeah. again. Up right on that <laughs> seesaw again. That's right. So Kasia asks why he hasn't told his family <clears throat> and he told her that he didn't want to want them involved and she said because if you feel part if they're doing as wrong and Nicholas is just like I just want justice uh, she said the man who ordered the robbery should be punished but he doesn't need to be killed if the art is returned and the perp who killed his sister is ID'd that will give them the closure for his family for his parents so Nicholas says, well, you know, justice means that the man who ordered the robbery must be punished. It, uh, but she's like, it doesn't have to be killed, So, as according to Cassia's reasoning. Uh, Nicholas felt that was not enough. <laughs> and so she asked him if his parents asked that he be killed. And Nicholas's answer was no. And she reasoned that if you were to kill the man who killed his sister, a thousand times it would never bring his sister back but Nicholas felt he owed his sister so he could avenge her death so <clears throat> so you can continue the medication this is from SR you continue your medic meditation on justice during this chapter which he does obviously why does Nicholas equate justice with vengeance uh, Nicholas' response for that was he's applying the old adage, an eye for an eye. And that Acacia says that Nicholas doesn't want to tell his parents his plans because he knows the part of what he is doing is wrong. Does he agree with her assessment that it's wrong? If he does, he won't admit to it. And that has to do with his narrow understanding of justice. Mm -hmm. So why does Acacia raise her ordeal with her father during their discussion and she says I think she just wants to challenge Nicholas's understanding of justice yes well and we want to say a quick goodbye to Andrea thanks for stopping in thanks Andrea for stopping in it was really great to hear from you um, and Kenzie said I love these and how SR wrote I love how SR wrote this it makes you think about the two different sides of justice yeah um which it does, and you know, and definitely SR said she wants to challenge Nicholas's understanding of justice. And I thought that was, you know, I, I just I thought it was really insightful. I was so happy that he was able to um, provide uh, some insight, so, yeah, into because that. It, <clears throat> because as Akasha is, you know, like she she said that 
with love and respect to Nicholas, nothing that she had learned of his parents or his sister suggested he should do this form of justice. Right. And so now Nicholas is sort of like pacing around and, and saying he had to see this through. And Akasha, then he asked Akasha if they were breaking up. Which, uh, which was, uh, that hurt my that, heart. Yeah, it did. Reading it did. that, it was hard, you know, because you could almost almost see the panic and the anxiety yes, in his yeah. expression uh, with that. So she, we came back with, she, she had thought she was going to die. And mm-hmm. as she regained her composure, she said, my father threatened to kill me. And I believed he was going to carry out that threat. So Nicholas is like, do, do, you know, do you blame me for that, killing your father? And she, he, she said, because he, he was the one that turned over the information uh, to the Mossad, who in turn turned it to the Syrians. She said she did not blame him. That was the Syrians' choice. But he had a choice now. He could choose freedom. As she can, And she's continually trying to reason with him. Uh, he said it, Nicholas said he would never be free as long as the men who killed his sister were alive. He would never be able to face his parents. So Acacia wraps her arms around Nicholas, and he would not be letting them go if he could get law enforcement involved. And he would not be standing alone, she would be standing there with him. But he could not see the Russians prosecuting someone who had been bribing them. Mm-hmm. You can see now what's what's going on with this Russian stuff here. Um, to counter Acacia, he said that you do not want to be appearing to the Minister of the Interior of France, handing him the Matisse after just killing the, the man who stole it. And you don't want the celebra- celebration of the recovery to be clouded by that. And the same would be for his parents. Absolutely. I mean, she is speaking a lot of sense to him. I mean, this is, is. she's being really rational and it's the rational versus the emotional, right? I mean, Nicholas wants, wants to vent, to avenge the death of his sister. But in, in the, when, when you pull back and look at what the reality is, you know, it, it would be, it's one thing if there was a situation where he was threatened and he, it was a survival. It's another thing if he just was going after them to go after them. And it would completely diminish the recovery of the, the stolen artwork. Oh, I think um, so, yeah, definitely. I agree with mm-hmm. that 100%. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, yeah, I've got your artwork, but, you know, I've also have the blood of uh, some man on my hands. Right, and right. It, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't be a good feeling. No, it wouldn't. And I, think, and I think the recovery and being able to turn uh, Sergey over, it would make it a lot, lot more better for him. Right, and uh, and I agree with Betty. Um, Betty said Nicholas is being blinded by pain and grief. Yes, he's and, still, he's still suffering. Right, and you know, somebody does something <clears throat> horrible to you. And you, you just want something horrible to happen to that person, right? You know, and that's right. And, and as as Kenzie said, 
um, sometimes grief can bring out the anger as well. Yes, it does. And, and Lori also agreed with, uh, with Betty's assessment on the being blinded by pain and grief. And I think it's also that frustration of helplessness and hopelessness. And he's been, he's been in this mode for so long. I think he had in his mind that mindset has been set right mindset that it's within the word it's in the term it's that that intention and i think it's really hard to change his perspective uh as kenzie says it's very raw and real sometimes you think violence is the answer but i don't believe that solves anything you're you're right on that kenzie and as Lori says an eye for an eye is not always the way Right, and I think as I wrote earlier in the book, uh, when they broke up in Paris before she was kidnapped, an mm-hmm. eye for an eye only gives you, makes you blind. Correct, correct, and I think it, you know, it is this meditation on, on justice and on vengeance, and uh, you know, looking at how different people perceive it. I, I just think it's, he's very good at weaving in these things throughout the books and I think it really gives you a lot to think about you know as I think I think that's why so many of us are drawn to his work because it's not just it's not simply the story and it's not simply good characters but it it gives you a little something extra that you don't always get a little lifeless or or meditation or reflection or um, it's this is this is a weird comparison but it's like dr seuss when you read mm-hmm. dr seuss and you and you as a kid you think it's just a great story you know the cat and the, all that kind of stuff and um, right. the lorax but when you as an adult when you look at it there's so much to learn from what his words were exactly and it's, it's, it's kind of the same with sr when you read his stories there is a more moral reflection that you can get to as Correct. well as reading a great story. Absolutely. And as Betty said, Nicholas really loved and cared for his sister. I don't ever remember reading a brother's grief like this for his sister. The grief I've read usually is focused on a romantic relationship and not family. And you know what, Betty, I think that's an interesting point, And it almost goes back to the discussions of the different types of love uh, that SR uh, goes into in Gabriel's series. Right, the different types of love, eros and ethos and agape, and 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 I I think as Laurie says, SR's books have more depth than really any other romance novels. You think, you learn, you feel. Mm -hmm. I think that actually, SR should consider using that as a tagline. (laughs) I would, I would definitely send it to him, Laurie. We might have to tell, uh, we might have to suggest that to Lori. Or, I mean, we might have to suggest that to Nina. Um, As Kenzie just quoted, Gandhi said it best, an eye for an eye will only make the whole world blind, which is true. So as, as Acacia continues, look, we have a second chance. We are both alive. We can both be free together. You told me once that you took pride in being able to look at yourself in the mirror. I'm asking you to continue being the same noble man I fell in love with. <sighs> Sigh, right? Because she's professing his love, 
her love of him again. that's a direct quote from the book because it was just mm -hmm. so beautiful. So beautiful. I just love that. Um, and Nicholas responded, putting his hands on her shoulders and just simply apologizing. Look, there's just no way out. And I think that really speaks to his desperation and his sadness. And, um, and really his feeling is helplessness. And Acacia looked at him, and this is also another reason why we love him, right? He's writing these strong women characters. Acacia looked at Nicholas, touching his face, and said that there was no way out of her father's prison, but there was a way out. He'd sent the people to show her the way. She didn't think there was a way out at that point, but there were people who were able to show her the way. And just because you can't see the way out doesn't mean it is not there, which I just love the fact that she was putting this in perspective, right? You might feel helpless now. You might feel like you can't get out of the situation, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's the case. As um, Kenzie says, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And so Nicholas looked at her, asking and almost pleading with her, you'll stay? She said she told him that she loved him. She was not leaving. But she was asking to work together to find another way, which I just loved. And yes, I was looking at some of the chat room. Kenzie says it's more than just a romance novel. He creates discussions and makes you look at life and situations differently. It's great literature, truly the god of writing. And Betty says, oh, this scene, so much pain and sorrow. And as Betty noted, never lose hope. And Lori reinforces, yes, always, Kenzie, you need to know that. And Kenzie noted that that was heartbreaking, that he couldn't believe she would stay with him. Um, it, was, it was very emotional. It is, and you know, and you sometimes you in life you do get into those situations where you can't see anything around you except what's going on, and correct, you do, do tend to lose hope. And it's it's great that you when somebody can come in and put the light on for you, you and show you that there is. I a want way you out. to be startled, but this side is going to lock. I'm going to lock up at six thirty. But you still have access to the building. You just have to leave. Uh-oh, we lost her. We lost her. I think she has to move. So, in any event. So, Nicholas closed his eyes. And when they opened Acacia to saw defeat, he said that he could try. But it looks like he was going to escape. I'm going to try to do everything in my power to prevent this. Everything. And she searched his eyes and realized he was conceding a great deal to her, even though it was not exactly what she wanted. All right, she said, and put her arms around his neck. <sighs> you know, it, it, it was just so... Awesome. Let me call her right back. I'm going to put her on the phone. And here we go. 
she's not available. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yes, this is nice music to dance to. I, I once said to Sor, he was playing something one night. I said, and we're back. And I we said, are back. <laughs> Sorry about that, ladies. Him, I really <laughs> miss the old um, supper clubs where, you, you know, you, you saw them in a lot of the 40s and the 50s movies where mm -hmm. they have like a little small band, a jazz band or big band, whatever, and dance floor, and it's nice little, cute little tables, and you sit around and talk, but you can get out there and dance, too. I wish they still had them. I would love that. I think some places try to, anyway, but I... Cafe Carlisle in New York does that. That would be wonderful. And I was just looking at the comments. Betty was saying, of course she's staying. Who in their right mind would leave him after they are given a second chance at life and love? I know. Exactly. Nicholas and Acacia Bacher. Yes. So, so you and got he... chased? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> you got chased? No, not at all. Not at all. Oh, okay. um, she was being very helpful. She didn't want me to be startled because they were going to lock down the side at 630. Uh. But I... And unfortunately grabbed my phone and I disconnected us. So, <laughs> yeah, they've been gracious here. Then Miss Gertrude is um, in, with security. She just wanted to let me know she didn't want me to be startled. So oh, very, nice. very kind, very, very and wonderful people here um, at this building. They were great. Uh, so um, it, it just uh, was... Um, you know, I was laughing at Betty saying, send Nicholas's team to Leslie. You can just send Nicholas over. I'd be happy with that. <laughs> um, so this is how you know Nicholas is a fictitious man, Betty says. The men in the real world rarely open up about their feelings. I think, he, I think they do. Um, I think it depends on the man. And I think... Uh, I think it depends on the situation and the relationship I is think my guess. My guess is that men really, really have to um, know you mm -hmm. and appreciate you. And trust you. Uh, and trust you. That's mm -hmm. a big thing. Yes. I often talk about um, a, a friend of mine, uh, an old friend of mine, who uh, I became we became very, very close after my husband died, and he was very, um, he was right there with me all the time, which was great, mm -hmm. in some respects. And when 9-11 happened, he lost childhood friends, college classmates, high school classmates uh, in the towers. They were either mm -hmm. firemen or they worked for one of the offices in the buildings, and uh, I think there was one, I think one of his friends actually was a policeman as well. Um, he had, for like three weeks after 9-11 happened, he was at a funeral two or three times a week. Mm-hmm. Mm three weeks, because there were so many he lost. And he came back to work one day, and I said, you could tell he just wasn't right yet and I said to him come on we're gonna go out to lunch and he, he went 
his boss wasn't around, he and I would tend to do this where we would leave for lunch at quarter of 12 and not come back until 6.30 at night. But that's another story. Um, <laughs> so I, but I felt, you know, he just needed to, he didn't need to be there. He, he right. just, his, well, his mind wasn't there. So we went to a bunch of different places in White Plains, some uh, restaurant bars that I would go to many, many years ago when I was single and just to get him out and to place different for him. And we mm -hmm. left this one spot before we went back to the office and he sat in my car and he just started crying. It just, it floored me to see him cry so because he's, not that he was a macho man, but on the All outside right. when he, but it would just, he felt so comfortable that he could finally let go. And yeah. that really got me, so. Mm. Well, and as Betty says, Pam, you're a really good friend and you are, and it's heartbreaking or he said hard on your heart. And, you know, going, looking at some of the comments about that, um, I know Kenzie said that it's, um, that it really is, um, you know, she appreciates it when people can be vulnerable and open up and it takes time and trust. She thinks it depends on the man and the stigma put on men in society. And some men do open up, some men hold it all in, and Annette said her husband holds it all in. Um, it's really so much grief. And Annette says it's so hard to see him feeling broken and not wanting to talk about it. It's very difficult. Um, it can be very challenging. And Kenzie said that she bet that cry helped your friend, even a little bit. I think Which it I'm did. sure it did. I think it did. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he didn't when he came back to work, he wasn't you know, the, the gung-ho salesperson that he always was, but um, it, it it put a lot of things into perspective for him, and it just you could just see you could just feel like it's just, just his shoulder was relaxed and that kind of stuff, so I think from that standpoint, it was good for him. So, yeah. But like well, I said, he, when my husband died, he was there for me, too, so there, we, we had built that kind of trust with each other. So cool. And I think it's, it's fortunate that you had um, each other to lean on. Um, and well, and Kenzie actually... <laughs> <laughs> well... That's another story. That's another story for another day. More for your book, Pam. Um, yes. Kenzie says it's strange how much a good cry can help. It's very cathartic. Very cathartic. Um, Sometimes so can a good be. laugh. Uh, yes, and I think we had a, a lot of cathartic uh, times up in Syracuse. That there is, is some correct. great catharsis. And um, by the way, Kenzie, tomorrow is National Dingaling Day. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to make me cough. <laughs> I, Kenzie, I can see you blushing all the way from Oklahoma. <laughs> I can't even Anyhow. believe you, Pam. Oh my <laughs> I just gosh! How to pass that along? <laughs> well, <laughs> and Kenzie says she'll remember that. Be ready for a post tomorrow. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh -huh. So as we're wrapping up the chapter, yes. I'm going to recorral us because we still have to finish the last piece of it. 
Um, yeah, Pam is never going to live that one down. Um, so Nicholas, after hearing Acacia saying these words and, you know, after asking her, you'll stay. And she said, you know, she loved him. She's not leaving, but she's asking him to find another way. And this is like where the rubber meets the road, ladies, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he closed his eyes. And when they were opened, Acacia saw defeat. He said he'd try, but if it looks like he was going to escape, he was going to try to do everything in his power to prevent this, and he meant everything. Mm -hmm. She searched his eyes and realized he was conceding a great deal to her, even though it was not exactly what she wanted. And she said, all right, and put her arms around his neck. I love it. Such a good thing. Yeah. Yes, so Lori, there is a story. <laughs> I know. I know. I love that piece, though. I love... Um, <laughs> Lori, we just wrote, I hope SR has the bail money in an interest-bearing account because you all did not use it again. <laughs> and it was funny because he posted that about, yeah, about our New York trip, too, about mm -hmm. the... New York. Uh, I have the, I have the money together. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. He might actually need it for Susie when she comes over here and she That's sees Julia alive in the flesh. I don't know if she's going to be able to handle it. I just don't. I, I, I hope I she's know. listening to the I podcast. Know. Susie, I'm telling you now, he is even more beautiful than uh, his photos and so charming and just sweet and really really a wonderful <laughs> a wonderful actor yeah he's gonna have to bail julio out too <laughs> <laughs> he has bail money ready for us too funny yeah, oh my gosh i can't believe it's been it's been an hour already this has gone so fast <laughs> so, yeah, Lori, I love Susie too. And I have to say, I'm thankful for her because she will always post. I don't have to seek any information out about Julia. She'll just post it all out there. I love it. Kenzie <laughs> said, if you get Noreen around Julio again, we'll most definitely need it. <laughs> well, Julio's the one that held her hand to his heart. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes. Susie will need medics to get help her breathe after she that sees she Julio. Betty, Betty knows that's will. true because Betty has been in the presence of that. The all the entire cast is fantastic, frankly. Yeah, they are. Um, James is incredible.